Hi, everyone, and welcome to Academic Dean, where we connect with passionate college leaders who share their stories and viewpoints of higher education, especially lessons learned along the way. Academic Dean is sponsored by Myers-McRae Executive Search and Consulting. Now, here's your host, Dr. Dave Gercek. Hi, everyone. Today, I would like to welcome Barry Hazenkoof to our show. Mr. Hazenkoof is the Chief Operating Officer for Myers-McRae Executive Search and Consulting, a national search firm located in Macon, Georgia. Hey, Barry. So glad to have you on the show today. Hi, Dave. I really appreciate you giving us the opportunity to share what we're doing at Myers-McRae with your audience, and uh, I look forward to uh, our time together. Great. Well, first, tell me about Myers-McRae and the importance of utilizing a national search firm to identify potential candidates for both academic and administrative positions. Sure. Myers-McRae has been around uh, really for about 40 years. It was originally started by John McRae in 69 and then purchased by uh, Dr. Kirby Godsey and Miss Emily Myers and be- took on an academic focus uh, in 1984 onwards. And so, you know, Myers-McRae, it's based in Macon, but we have representation uh, across the, the nation. Um, and so we're a national firm and we've been ranked most recently in the top 40 by Hunt Scanlon's highest uh, higher education uh, search firms. We're proud of that. And so, you know, why would somebody choose to use a search firm? Uh, that's a great question. We've got uh, several reasons why. Usually a, an, an academic institution is looking for a leadership position. And although some of the folks within the academic institution may know of a couple of people that would be interested, it takes a lot more than just knowing a couple of folks to really get a good selection on a candidate with the right skills, the right cultural fit and experiences. And that's where uh, a higher higher education academic search firm comes into play. So in terms of Myers-McRae, we have have a candidate database of 150,000 potential candidates that we leverage nationally. Now, not every one of those candidates is actually looking for a position, um, but they may know of someone who is interested in the position. So we also take referrals. Uh, When we reach out to those candidates, we have between a 98 and 99% hit rate. In other words, we know they're getting the email and the profile. And I'll talk more about the profile in a little bit, but, but using a search firm to do that takes the burden off of uh, the university or the institution uh, seeking a candidate and places it on the search firm because the search firm does the uh, searches routinely. That's our business where it's not necessarily the business of the university or the institution to hire people every day. So we handle the process. We handle all the intricacies of finding the candidate and presenting those candidates to the institution for them to select or evaluate and select uh, the final candidate. Yeah, I would say that you have some pretty deep pockets when it comes to a 
a, a very large sized uh, database. And that's really what the beginning is all about, right? Is making sure enough names get out there so the so the institution can take a look at those and then move forward with who they want to interview and then who they want to bring to campus. That's correct, Dave. In addition to the having that database, the most, I would say the most important part of the, the beginning of the process is our candidate profile or our institution profile. That profile represents the opportunity at the university or the institution. It represents who the institution is. And it also gives the candidate an idea of the community. So when we send out that profile to our potential candidates, it, it gives them the opportunity to understand the, the environment and culture of the institution. It represents everything about that opportunity. And that's really the sales brochure for that specific opportunity and is used to entice them to consider it. So, and when it comes to a profile, Myers McRae is, is pretty well established in the industry as having the uh, profile um, regarding the opportunity, the quality of the profile regarding the opportunity. Got it. Well, let's talk a little bit about your professional background and the path that led you to Myers McRae. Sure. I, uh, my background is actually in consulting, um, in the corporate world consulting, uh, in technology and business process. And I've spent about 27 years doing that. And that led me to uh, a, an adjunct professor role at Georgia State University at the J. Mack Robinson Business College uh, with Georgia State University. And that was my first experience coming back into uh, academics, not from a student perspective, but from a from a teaching perspective or a faculty perspective. And that experience was, I found wonderful in terms of making a difference in students' lives and sharing real world experiences so that they could see, you know, how, how do I transition from just academics into an actual job and a, and a job opportunity within industry? Uh, doing that led me to um, doing the adjunct role, opened up uh, other opportunities for me in terms of working with two of my partners in this firm, uh, Manish Mehta and Prem Kumar Dande. Uh, the three of us uh, certainly came up through industry and in the, in the corporate world consulting, but we were looking to uh, add a company to our existing portfolio of companies. Um, to to enter to enter into the uh, basically the higher education system, and so because we believe there's several opportunities to improve uh, the higher education system, we thought we would do it through uh, through the acquisition of Myers McRae, well, a higher academic uh, search firm, which turned out to be um, Myers McRae. Okay, well. What do you think sets Myers McCree apart from the other national search firms? You know the key the key aspects that Myers McCree brings to the process is really our people. It's a people industry, and so uh, our people are certainly a key differentiator for us. And I say that because. The way that uh, Miss Emily Myers and Dr. Godsey established the firm, they they established it with 
higher education experienced people right out of the academy. So in advancement, uh, whether it's in advancement or uh, student affairs uh, or, you know, deans and, and now even with uh, using search consultants uh, from retired presidents and deans, yeah. it's been a very, uh, a very well-established firm because the, the people, our differentiator, really understand the academy because they come from the academy. So many times they've already sat in the seat that our clients are sitting in at the institutions and better understanding how to work with that individual in achieving the objectives they're seeking to achieve. Yeah, you know, I think most of my listeners know this, but if they don't, I, I've been a search consultant with Myers McCray after uh, I, I retired from the university system. And since I wore so many hats, being at a dean or a department chair or pick a hat in academia, when I talk to people, I, I can pay attention to what they say and kind of get in their mindset of what they're looking for, because I was that person at one time in my career, too. And I think all the consultants have that same uh, philosophy that Myers-McRae is, is we understand that everybody has different viewpoints. And so we need to hear all those viewpoints. It's just nice when a consultant uh, can can really relate with the clients on a one-to-one -one basis. Yes, I agree with that. And that's the response we typically get. Uh, and we are willing, you know, the other thing about having the people with the experience, um, they also understand the flexibility needed to achieve the objective. So we work with many different institutions at, at different levels. Um, and we are, we are very flexible in understanding their timeline and understanding their budget and cost structure uh, is, as well as uh, their, their cultural fit. So uh, that's been, you know, again, the people and the experience uh, has been our number one uh, aspect to do our differentiation. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, even our process too, I, you know, we go through a rigorous process, but that process really has positioned us for success in achieving results that are long lasting. Um, and that, that leads to uh, our guarantee in terms of being able to, to satisfy a placement and have them stay longer than a year. If they choose to leave within a year, uh, we would repeat that search for, uh, free on our dime so yeah okay well well let's talk about the search so give me give me the process uh let's talk about the overall uh way of how myers can myers mccray conducts a search sure so we have a there's really five key aspects to our search process and as i mentioned before it's really starts with the profile development we uh, understand the uh, role that the institution is looking for, and we work with the institution to get the latest and greatest information about the institution, uh, the environment that the candidate would be coming into. Uh, we certainly leverage, you know, the high graphic photos and uh, not only from the institution, but from the community. And so we construct that profile. That's our, our first key step. We work with the institution to con struck that profile and prepare it for distribution to our candidates. And once we have that profile, we send that profile out. So that leads to the next step of recruitment. Uh, we again, send that out to our, uh, our candidate database. Uh, we 
solicit referrals as well as interest in terms of the primary role. So if somebody knows of a, a potential candidate, they're welcome to send that in. Um, and we would uh, follow up with that referral, check the interest. Um, and again, these, these this profile goes out nationally. Uh, so somebody that, that you wouldn't think would be interested, who may not be looking in the Chronicle, but you know, it comes across their desk from either a friend or directly from us. They may look at the profile and say, hey, I, you know, I used to be from that area. I'm wondering if I can get back there. Wasn't necessarily looking, but could make sense to follow up on. And so uh, we really push the recruitment side of it. And uh, and as new candidates come into us, we make sure our database is updated. So it's a continual process. The third step is really uh, what I would call the blind ranking process. So as we work with the committees, the search committees, and bring the institution up to speed on how our process works, a key aspect of it with any search uh, selection committee, it's made up of different groups. Faculty administration could be the, the uh, board of trustees, could be foundation uh, involvement, but it's basically made up of different groups that uh, we like to see an equal weighting on the candidate evaluation uh, moving to that, moving to the next step, which would be interviews. And the way that blind ranking really works is they would rank, they would review all the candidates. Uh, let's say there's a hundred candidates that apply for the profile. Myers McRae goes through and evaluates those candidates to produce a subset of candidates for the selection committee to review. Uh, they could end up with 45 or 50 out of that 100 that really makes sense for them to review that are aligned with the profile. And they would rank them one to five. And out of that ranking, um, we would summarize that ranking and provide them with here are the top candidates that the selection committee as a whole has arrived at. And then they would have a discussion. We would probably draw a line on a subset, have a discussion whether they're in you know, they move somebody up or down and uh, we produce that uh, basically a final list for Zoom interviews. This is the pre-campus interview, but it's a Zoom interview remote, uh, but it gives them a chance to see the candidate and interact with the candidates uh, in an online setting. And then finally, after those interviews uh, are conducted, we would choose uh, three to four, work with the committee to choose the three or four that would come uh, on site to the campus for a more in-depth interview. And that's really where they get to know the most about the candidate. And then they would do their final selection and presentation of the option. Of course, Myers-McRae is working with the candidates in the background uh, to ensure that scheduling happens, that the uh, selection committee has the information they need. When we get down to that final selection of candidates, their top four, five, or even three, uh, we would do the background searches, uh, background and reference checks. So that really ends up, that's our process in a nutshell. Um, it's, you know, it's got additional details in there, but those are the five key aspects is, is what I've presented there. You know, there's a, there's a lot of heavy lifts throughout a search. And I, and I think most institutions who have tried to do it on their own, find out quickly that, you know, it's just not getting some names and having a meeting. You know, I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes <laughs> stuff that goes on that uh, people really praise having a search firm helping them out because really 
who you tag it at an institution are people who are working every day anyway with their other jobs. So we just seem to be able to pick up a lot of slack and give an, uh, help with some unbiased comments for them. And then, of course, they make the decision. But overall, they really do have a partner in the search process. That's right. Yes. We are the grease for the wheels to make it all happen smoothly. <laughs> That's right. That's an excellent point. We are the grease for the wheels. I really like that. Uh, what's the process for understanding an institution's specific search needs then? So understanding, so search opportunities come to us in different ways. Um, we get a lot of repeat uh, uh, calls in terms of our, you know, we worked with you the last time, so we're looking to work with you again. Or an institution will send out an RFP request for proposal from from many firms, in which case they would outline what the search requirements are, what the opportunity is, and what the role is. And so whether it's through an RFP process or a, a phone call for follow-up uh, on a new search, we sit down and work with them on understanding what it is they're looking for within that role. Is it a combined role? Um, who does the role report to and what requirements are they looking for in an, in an academic, uh, academic experience, uh, business experience, um, because we get a, a myriad of different uh, qualifications at and within leadership roles. Uh, so we would work with them on what they're looking for there. And the title of that, um, the title that they're seeking is also important. It helps in clarifying out of that 150,000 candidate database who we actually reach out to and um, you know, kind of sub cut that down to a subset of who we reach out to. And then of course, how we build the profile, which goes back to you know, the, working with the institution to get the right uh, photographs and descriptions of the community and the institution, make sure that's up to date. We found that not, you know, not every institution keeps their website completely up to date every minute. So it's always important for us to work with them uh, in the situation uh, to get the latest and greatest information on the institution. So, Well, how does your firm identify and attract top tier candidates? Yeah, the top tier candidates, I mean, it really goes to that, that database. We've used the, you know, the candidates in that database, we may have placed somebody um, five years ago that's, that's, as a provost, and now they're looking for a presidential opportunity. Um, and so we keep our database up to date in terms of the top tier candidates. And as we see and bring candidates into different types of searches, um, they may or may not be in our database, in which case we would we would keep the database, you know, we would add them to the database, keep it updated. That's really how we, we work with the finding the top tier candidates. And of course, the referral uh, program we have. So um, that's how we keep our finger on the pulse of who's looking, why they're looking, and what they're looking for. It's, like I said, it's a relationship business, people business, and uh, somebody you dealt with 10 years ago, maybe somebody you're dealing with tomorrow as they're looking for their next step. Got it. Well, then, how do you assess a candidate's qualifications and cultural fit for that specific institution? That's that's looking for either a provost or a president or a dean. Yes, that's a. I think that's a great question. 
the qualifications um, in terms of the candidates' experiences and cultural fit with the institution, we we basically have conversations with these candidates. We look at their profile or their resumes, and uh, we have conversations with them on their interest. So, and it's a progressive elaboration on that. So initially we look at all the resumes coming in and their experiences to see what's a fit. Um, and as the institutions, as the selection committee moves through their process, we're moving through our detailed process on fit. And so, for example, we may get a hundred resumes applying to a position and we'll review those hundred to come up with the subset that the selection committee actually will go through and rank. And part of that process in whittling down the hundred down to what, you know, the necessary uh, requirements are for the selection committee, we would have conversations with the candidate. If there's some anomaly we see in the resume, either in uh, a gap in experience or, um, you know, maybe uh, a relocation to a different area or a desire to move back to a relocation in their cover letter that they share, then we'll follow up with a direct phone call to further evaluate uh, the, their situation and their interest in that particular role. Okay. Well, I think most candidates worry about this next question is, how do you handle candidates' references and background checks? Yes, in terms of candidate references and background checks, we start that process as we get closer to the final candidates. Um, when the when the selection committee is really narrowed down their final candidates that they're thinking about going forward with into on-site campus visits and those next discussions, that's when we really kick in the, the reference checks and the background checks. So we use a service for the background check uh, and the information is kept very confidential that we receive. If there's any flags, we would work with the candidates to further understand that situation. Um, and it's always better. Um, we found it's always better to bring those any any anomalies forward in their backgrounds and have them tell the story as opposed to having a selection committee, uh, you know, come to a conclusion without understanding the candidate's position. So. That's an area where we really work uh, with the candidate to understand a particular situation, whether it's a financial situation, whether it's it's any kind of other anomaly on their record. Uh, we work with them to best understand it because most of the situations that we see are easily explained. Um, so that's on the background checks on the references. We call all the references. We get the information from the references and we provide that to the selection committee. You know, besides the uh, background checks and the references, you know, the, the top one also is confidentiality. I think everyone uh, who's about ready to jump into a search worries that uh, they want their name not be not to be said to anybody until they're until at least they've made uh, the cut to go to the campus. So, how is confidentiality maintained throughout the entire search? Yes, we find that's very important part of the process. So we uh, we certainly maintain the confidentiality of our candidates and we ask the selection committees to maintain the confidentiality. Um, and we uh, essentially put a, put a request to the selection committees to maintain confidentiality given the, the nature of the situation. Now, not every 
candidate is notifying their current institution that they're looking or interested in in looking. And so we maintain that confidentiality both internally within Myers-McRae and then we ask our selection committees to also uh, maintain that. And, you know, as they get closer to the, to the final selection, if they're, if they are, or if they do become one of the final candidates, uh, we work with them on when is it appropriate to share that you're interested in this uh, position and interested in this opportunity. As you know, there are some states that uh, when you become a final candidate, it, it becomes public information. And so we like to make sure that before they reach that point that the candidates uh, do uh, share with their current institution that they're looking so that it's not a surprise to anyone. Mm -hmm. We found that it's best to eliminate as many surprises as you can and deal with those <laughs> up front, <laughs> as you can imagine. Yep, that's true. Well, I I know this doesn't happen often, but what is your guarantee or follow-up policy if a place candidate just doesn't work out? Yes. So as I mentioned earlier, I mean, our process that we use is uh, very successful and it produces long-lasting candidates. Um, you know, the tenure of some of our candidates is quite significant, but there are occasions uh, when... Um, you know, a candidate is is either found a different opportunity once they're there um, that they really, you know, like or or for some reason they choose to leave the institution. If that happens within 12 month within a 12 month period, uh, then Myers McRae's guarantee is to replace that candidate and do another search uh, on our behalf. I, I see. And when you say do another search, does that mean like from beginning to end, put it back out again and get new names and everything? Yes, that's correct. Wow. So even if we have to update the profile, we'll update the profile. We will do another uh, search for, for potential candidates, another national search and uh, go through the selection process again. And in some cases, if it's been, you know, I mean, it could be close to a year, in which case there are changes to the profile. There are changes to um, the selection committee. And so we go back through that again. Um, and we work with the institution on doing doing that, of course. Um, I, you know, we would probably ask them to cover the advertising for the role, but for the search process and the due diligence on our side, we cover that. Okay. Well, how do you engage with clients and candidates and gather feedback to continuously improve the executive search process? Great question. We do that through the process and, and after the process. So there's a post interview process that, that uh, we like to put in place and in, in just basically understand how uh, the search went in terms of their the institution's perspective. Um, you know, was it something that was uh, easily uh received or was it uh, a burden on the, you know, on the selection committee, um, the process. Uh, and so generally what we find, Dave, is that even through the process at each step, the search committee gives us immediate feedback on how they're feeling about the process um, and how, you know, if, if their time is being wasted or not wasted uh, in the process. And, and what I've found uh, having been on several of these uh, search uh, searches is that 
that most of the, that I would say 90% of the feedback we get is very positive, very, very positive. Um, and so, and the other 10% we're working to improve, improve upon. And it's not necessarily our process that needs improvement, but it's, it's the underlying technology and the efficiency of the process that we look at. So we're constantly working on that. And then of course, from a candidate perspective, we stay in touch with our candidates. Most of the, most of the time we hear from the candidates is around confidentiality and data privacy, which we're continuing to work through. So, Okay. Yeah. I, for me, I think why I'm at Myers, because at one time I was a candidate and you were, I made a final three cut and you were the search company. And when you build that relationship with a search company, you kind of continue because you treated me extremely well. I, you know, I didn't, and and that one I didn't even uh, get the position, but I always felt that I was treated fairly, and everybody was very confidential. It was really a, a good experience, and I and I'm glad that uh, you guys continue to be that way today with all the other candidates that go through the process. Thank you, Dave. That's great feedback. Um. What additional services does Myers McRae provide beyond candidate recruitment? So, yeah, beyond the candidate recruitment and the search process, uh, since uh, we've taken over the firm uh, in February of this year, uh, we are looking to expand our consulting services. Uh, I believe Myers McRae has been doing some consulting services, but it's been limited. And so we're looking at increasing our uh, consulting services in the areas of executive coaching, uh, improved enrollment. And I know enrollment's a hot topic for everyone, uh, but we're looking at how we can do those, uh, do, do the improvement on enrollment um, and, and just help in other areas like advancement. I know institutions, um, you know, advancement and enrollment are two hot topics uh, that, that they're always looking to improve. So in addition to the search, uh, process where we're looking to expand our services in those areas. Um, and what we're doing and how we're going about doing that is working with some of the, the uh, institutions and the presidents that we know to use them as a, as a kind of a test bed to say, would this be helpful for you and how would it be helpful? And, and we're going to continue to, to work with them to refine our, our processes and uh, services in that area. Yeah, that seems pretty exciting. Yes, I think it is. And several have grabbed onto it. So we have some key meetings coming up in uh, the month of August, specifically around international students and enrollment. So more to good. come on that. Good, good. Uh, well, as CEO, what is your long-term goals and vision for Myers McRae Executive Search and Consulting? As COO, I would like to see us, uh, there's several fronts that I would like to see us uh, grow in. And that is our, our uh, continue to expand our consulting services, but really maintain our core, maintain the quality and flexibility uh, and the high uh, touch services that we provide in our search uh, consulting service. So really in our, um, you know, continue to grow that and uh, potentially expand into the corporate environment as well um, without jeopardizing our academic uh, search processes. I believe that the, uh, the higher ed uh, environment has plenty of growth 
opportunities for us. Um, we're in the top 40. It'd be great to be closer to the top 10. Uh, so as you can imagine, that's that takes quite a bit, even just to move up within uh, higher education academic search. Uh, but I believe we can do that. I believe we have the opportunities to do that. I believe we have the talent to do that. Um, and so we're going to continue to to seek to grow in that area, bringing on additional experienced acad academic folks like yourself and uh, others, potential presidents that are retiring, that are looking for additional opportunities, maybe not to work full time, but to do uh, to continue to help and improve both the institutions um, and the uh, and the students' lives through improved uh, executive leadership. Well, how does your state? How does your firm uh, stay current with trends in higher ed industry right now? Yeah, beyond you know, beyond the 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 normal um, trade publications. Uh, and just keeping an eye on those, we are um, continuing to look for and listen to our uh, clients in in their needs and and better understanding them. As you know, uh, I, I believe the environment has changed significantly since COVID. Um, so, in talking with uh, a lot of the different presidents that I've been able to meet with in the past couple of months, um, you know their their interests in how how do I uh, improve? Well, first of all, how do I meet my current objectives? But then, how do I improve the the situation for the students and the environment for the students and to grow uh, their enrollment uh, numbers and really prepare the students for the environment that they're going out into uh, in their communities, best serve the communities. So, we, we have been setting up a series of uh, visits with with different institutions in different areas of the country to best understand their needs and what they're experiencing uh, in the current environment, whether it's online, uh, online enrollments or, or uh, you know, physically being on campus, how is that blend working um, and how are students being prepared for what they're gonna face when they get out into the, the real world? Sure. And, you know, from a marketing standpoint, do you do anything like attend conferences or, or things like that that might help um, uh, other institutions understand a little bit more about Myers-McCray? Yes, I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. We are a gold sponsor at the SACS uh, event in Orlando this year uh, in December. Um, so we look forward to going down and visiting with many of the presidents we've been working with. Uh, we'll be hosting a, a couple of dinners uh, over the event, and uh, we'll have a booth. Our booth number is 114, and so it happens to be right next to a, uh, a place where you would get a nice drink and uh, share a conversation. So, um, yeah, we would ask that you please stop by uh, booth 114 at the SACS event if you're coming, and uh, certainly be willing to host you for dinner one of those nights. So. Um, thank you for, for reminding me of that, Dave. That's very nice. Well, here's my last question. What do you do sure. for, what do you do for fun or enjoyment? Well, this goes back to my grease in the wheels analogy. Uh, I would say, so what I do is I like to refurbish old vintage motorcycles. And then, oh my uh, goodness. Them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it keeps me 
keeps me energized and uh, and young. So <laughs> not well, looking, not looking young, just feeling. <laughs> that's that's a that's an interesting hobby to say the least. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it's different. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, you know, I thought with you coming on as COO in February, this would be a good time for um, me to talk to you and and discuss uh, views from both the candidate side and and also the institution side when it comes to a search. So I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. I think uh, it was very informative. And, and of course, I really enjoyed our conversation. I enjoyed it as well, Dave, and I really appreciate the opportunity both to 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 sponsor this podcast uh, and really just to share what we're doing at Myers McRae. I feel like we're really in the beginning of an expansion period for Myers McRae, both in higher education and in our consulting services. And where we're headed is exciting, and I, and I look forward to continuing to serve our serve these wonderful institutions. So thank you again, Dave. Great. Well, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And make sure to visit our website at academicdean.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Academic Dean is sponsored by Myers-McRae Executive Search and Consulting. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.